The enemy oh, is trying to say, well, homosexuality is not in that conversation. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't make you some, you can be free, I can be free from this. Join Chad Norris in the Garden Global community as they dive into practical ways to follow Jesus and grow in spiritual capital every day, right here on Table Talks. Hey, everybody, let's talk about homosexuality. And uh, Michael, I just want to start with this. I want to start with something that is a tremendous struggle in my own life. I have been battling an addiction to food for a long time. A lot of my charismatic brethren just say all I need to do is honestly just quote some scriptures, read some Ken Copeland novels maybe, and just all things are possible for him in Christ. It's like telling an alcoholic to stop drinking. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, I've seen blind eyes open. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of miraculous things happen in my life when it comes to this particular area of my life. It whips me, not all the time, but even in my mind, I have to I have to give it to the Lord daily, Michael. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, if you just knew the root of it, <laughs> Liz, I know the root of it. I'm searching for the Father. <laughs> I, um, I, there is nothing about me that hates anyone struggling with whatever they're struggling with. Absolutely. But one of the biggest conversations, uh, it's been going on for a while, but one, one of my good friends from college, my college roommate, he helps a lot of ministers that are dealing with church splits over the conversation on homosexuality. I'm not about to Bible thump and throw a Bible at people over this conversation. I just want to have, a, I just want to talk about it of some people think that it's not a sin and it's not a trap and it's just God just made him that way. Other people like me, I put in the category of things that we struggle with. We need the grace of Jesus Christ 25 hours a day. And just because uh, something comes at me doesn't mean I have to give into it, right? It has to be possible for me to be free of what I struggle with. Well, first of all, Michael, I think I want to start with you. You have authority in this conversation because your testimony. Yes. So in a second, I want you to share your testimony. And then what I want you to talk about is the disagreement on whether or not homosexuality is a sin. Right. Yes. So tell your story, and then let's just talk about this plumb line dividing civil war conversation. Some people believe it's a sin. I'm talking about in the body of Christ, by the way. Yeah, it's very. And some people don't. So your testimony gives you a lot of uh, authority in this conversation. Okay. So um, going back almost 20 years ago, I was uh, really addicted to drugs, Uh, cocaine, crack specifically. And when you're at that level of addiction, you basically will do anything you can do to continue to get high. Well, that led me to a drug dealer who, who essentially basically groomed me, if, if you want to look at it that way. And um, he baited me basically into having a sexual relationship with him by holding drugs over my head. And I knew it was wrong. I, I had an internal, I, I just knew that wasn't me. But yet the desire to use was so strong, I, I did it. And so we ended up getting entangled in a relationship um, that was just not healthy at all, not good, you know, until I broke away from that and ended up going to rehab, ended up finding Jesus. And then he began to work on my heart from that. So yeah. you love this, uh, word as much as anyone I know, it's a playbook for your own life in Romans one here. You've looked at it many, many times in rehab. You found the gospel yes. and the gospel comes to save you from anything <laughs> that is pulling you away from Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why do so many people see homosexuality as it's just not a sin? And the reason I ask you that, yes. not to create some fight, there's enough of that going on. There's so many passages that seem to be very clear. Yes. So from someone who's been through that struggle, has been delivered of it, 
Why are so? Is it just a uh, justification? What's going on with saying, well, it's not a sin? I mean, I think there's multiple answers to that question. I think for me, the specific one would be an identity issue. I think that's what Paul's addressing in Romans chapter one. It really is an identity issue, and it was for me, and I think it is for so many people. I think at the root of it, um, especially within the church, this conversation that's dividing the churches, when you peel back the layers, homosexuality is an identity issue. It's an identity issue. And so you're finding our identity in something else other than the Father. Well, I'm about to read a passage here in Romans 1, and then you actually said that how God used this passage to minister to you mm. was going back before what I'm about to read yes. and going back to the root of things. All right, let me read this. Um, for this reason, God gave them up to a dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving of themselves the due penalty for their error. Mm. I mean, I don't know how much more clear we can it's, get than that. It's clear. I mean, But what the Holy Spirit showed you was that that didn't, you just said it a minute ago, someone that uh, was doing crack, it doesn't start in that moment. No, it doesn't start in that moment. Right. It, I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says, I'm going to be a homosexual. I'm going to take on this lifestyle. Um, it, it, there's a process. And so Paul is speaking to that process. I mean, if, if we go to the biblical definition of sin, sin means Hebrew and Greek, you miss the mark. Mm -hmm. You miss the standards of God's truth. Yeah. This is sexual sin that misses the standard of God's truth. But that's on the external. If we go to the deeper, deeper thing that Paul's alluding to, yeah. it's mind blowing because if you backtrack there, it says, um, uh, uh, for what can be known about God is plain to them, for God has showed them. And here it is. They forgot to honor God and to thank Him. And I think that's huge. In other words, God gave them over to the desires and the lust of their hearts that led to homosexuality, sexual immorality, but it began with them forgetting to thank God and to honor Him. I am, um, gosh, Michael, I called a friend of mine last night and... I'm just now putting together the pieces. I got to tell you the story. Yeah. So there, there's a prophetess in our church, and you, you know her name. You just saw her give me a word before we started filming. She's next level. She's in her 50s. She's next level. Michael, she's probably, if she's given 30 words to this house in the last four years, she's 30 for 30. 30, for 30. And some of the words, I, my wife and I had to apologize to her on a couple of them. We were like, what? Anyway. She came up to me uh, right before we started filming, and she said, I saw a deep sadness on you yesterday. Wow. I went home yesterday and went down in my son's bedroom, who just went back to um, college. And at first I was grieving Sam, going back to school a little bit. But then I began to cry, and I began to weep. Have you ever cried where you're not sure where your tears are coming from? Yes. And uh, I called my friend last night to really confess this and ask him to join me on a journey because I, I, I want to really overcome it this year. I looked down at my belly. Now, guys, this is not some diet thing. I, I promise. I, I just The Holy Spirit identified in my life two years ago that addiction to food was a foreign idol. I made the stupid mistake of asking the Holy Spirit to search me and show me anything that I needed to give him. And <laughs> I'm being facetious. He said, your food addiction is a foreign idol. And I'm like, whoa. See, a lot of people who have left the garden, they think my teaching is too strong, Michael. They think it's legalism. I just think it's because we've created an image of God that's Buddy the Elf, honestly. Yeah. And um, I began to weep yesterday, and I told God I was so sorry 
And guess what flooded out of my spirit? So my sin is not homosexuality, but what flooded out of my spirit was 1 Corinthians 9, 7. Michael, I talked about the verse from stage yesterday. Paul said, I buffet my body, so I'll, I'll put it in subjection so that I won't lose the prize. Homosexuality, food addiction, porn, uh, obsession with wealth. We can name a million things, yes. right? Yes. I mean, we're launching Celebrate Recovery here at, at the Garden. We've all got something. I've got something. But the snare of the enemy oh, is trying to say, well, homosexuality is not in that conversation. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't make you some, you can be free. I can be free from this. Yes. The gospel has to be real. I could be, I was freed from it. And here's, here's what's even really powerful. Guys, you got to listen to this. When I was, I didn't have anybody to tell me or to teach me of homosexuality being wrong. It happened personally between me and the Lord. And it was the word called conviction. In my mind, I, I was like, it's what I did. It was I was in drugs. I was on the streets. You know, you don't even think, is this good? Is this bad? Your mind's not there. But when I was in an environment growing, becoming more like Jesus, being discipled, all of a sudden, in my own heart, I begin to feel convicted. I don't think this is right. I don't think this honors the Lord. Maybe I need to walk away from those desires and that lifestyle. And that's where His grace, it just crashed on me. Um, and it helped me. You know this. Uh, the the Garden Greenville is joining John and Lisa Bevere's network. They're becoming a really a covering to our ministry here. He's had a great influence on the ministry that I lead here. So is his wife. Do you know that John was severely addicted to pornography? Yes, yes. I didn't know that. Really bad. I guess the thing that I am I, I genuinely confused on is how homosexuality has become the one sin that's like, well... I mean, you've got you've got some famous preachers mm-hmm. that are not in the Methodist movement. There's one reform fellow recently. I'm like, goodness gracious! I told my brother last night, it's only a matter of like ten years, but this thing is not going to be a sin in any mm-hmm. denomination. My point is this: the same way to freedom from this sin is the same way of freedom from my sin, right? Yes. And the only way I know to get out of a sin, I'm not trying to be hyper spiritual. It's the gospel. You know what the gospel is? Lord Jesus, I don't just need you about when I made a decision 30 years ago to follow you. I need you every second of every day. It's his grace applied to every area of my life. That's what Paul's making that case in Romans. He goes on to say, no one is righteous. No, not even one. We all fall short of that standard of that glory. And that is why the gospel is so glorious. Can I tell you something, though, as we end this? This morning, I told my wife some things about my own struggle. My tears were tears of godly remorse. I've never felt it in my life. I'm 51 years old. I've known Jesus since I was 12. Um, I can probably, if you say, Chad, why do you not look at porn? It's probably the fear of the Lord, you know? Mm -hmm. But when it came to food, like why don't I not do some of these other things? The fear of the Lord, when it came to food, Michael, I, I didn't see it. You can't see what you can't see. I felt, I felt his grief over my sin. Listen, this is not a word for you or anyone else. This ain't a diet plan. I literally had an encounter with godly remorse. I've never done this in my life, and I looked down at my belly. It wasn't about trying to look skinnier. I realized, oh, my gosh, this is coming between me and God. And just like the prophet has said, I didn't know where my tears were coming from. I, I didn't. It wasn't in my cognitive thoughts. 
I could feel his grief on me. It, the thought of me having uh, three or four other girlfriends while I'm marrying Wendy sounds kind of you know ridiculous or whatever. We like to just think of the person that has the affair. Oh, that's an idol. Oh, porn, that's not good. Alcoholism, that's not good. There are there. We got to let the Holy Spirit shine His light, not just on this homosexuality conversation, yes. but what is it in my life that's not okay with you? But guess what, Man. Michael? I woke up this morning. I, we just went to the prayer chapel. I, I'm not walking around with guilt. That's right. I, Michael, I'm as wound up this morning. I'm yes. like, God, you're amazing. I, I prayed this morning. Your mercies are new every day. I'm not, I didn't get into this to lead a church, Michael. I didn't get into this to like write some stupid book. Yes. Seriously, man. Like I, I literally, I want to be okay with God. And it's so millions of people are being led astray because weak, coward leaders and teachers are acting as though homosexuality is not a sin. My food addiction is a sin. Where, why are we so afraid to say, yes. it's got to be hyper grace. It is. Why it are we so afraid to say, I am struggling with a sin. It's bad theology of grace, of the gospel of grace. It is a erroneous theology that begins to minimize the sin of homosexuality. It happened. It's all happened through church history. You could take the same conversation with slavery in the South for a long time. In the churches, slavery was welcomed. It was not thought of as a sin. Our country participated in it. But then comes the Civil War. Then comes uh, Reconstruction. And then all of a sudden, wow, slavery was a sin. It was a sin. And God awakened us to that. But it's the same. It is the same tactic here. I will say something you said, Chad, struck out to me, a metric. I read this uh, in a book about the life of David, and it just stuck with me. And this author said, do you want to know the major difference between Saul and David? Because both sinned and David sinned more greatly than Saul did. Said, but the difference was when Saul sinned, his heart was hardened. But when David sinned, his heart was broken and remorseful. That's that's huge. That's huge. That's how you know. Yeah, God doesn't tolerate sin. He doesn't bless it. But man, he's always after the broken and contrite heart. You know what will make me resign? the moment I have an extended amount of time where my sin doesn't grieve me. Yeah. That's that's when we're in a dangerous place. I mean, honestly, you know, maybe we just shut down here. What are we down here for? I'm serious. Uh, let's say the garden grew to a thousand people and whatever the thing is, the metric of success. Is that it? I, Michael, I spoke on stage in front of 17,500 people one time. That's a lot of folks. It was so anticlimactic. Literally, we're down here to follow the king. And I, you made a comment a couple of years ago that I, I, I don't like, but I love it. It was the mastery of all things. Jesus becoming master so that nothing masters us. Yes, it is. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. He convicts me with this so much. It's self-control. And I know there's areas where I need to grow in self-control. And I'll say this. Uh, if you want to send an email to me or make a comment that I, I hate gay people, I, I don't. I have a community that knows that about me. My wife has ministered to quite a few people who struggle with homosexuality. If you struggle with homosexuality, you are welcomed at the Garden Greenville to come hear a message on how the fear of the Lord can literally set you free from not just that, but anything else that's entangling you. I'm serious. Uh, come get help here. I, um, I know you're probably used to being bashed on the head by some Bible thumper. Uh, do I think homosexuality is a sin? I do. 
and I believe that Jesus loves homosexuals and Jesus can set you free. He set Michael Thornton free. I'm in process right now of being set free from addiction to food. And you know what? I'm digging in, Michael, in this recovery thing. In 2024, I want it to be the year where this thing is laid to rest for me. Hope this episode helped you. Share it with people that perhaps need to hear it. Love y'all. Thanks for joining us for Table Talks. Be sure to comment, like, subscribe, and hit the bell so you never miss an episode. To check out the books mentioned and other resources, go to thegardengreenville.com. We hope your friendship with God will flourish more and more this week. We'll see you again soon.